0: What's up, everybody? This is Shay, and I am here with my second episode of Touche. This is uh, definitely going to be quite a different episode than my first. Obviously, my first was my mom and I talking about her adoption and that whole saga. Um, So this one is, is different, and I've been debating on whether I wanted to even make this an episode, and I decided that because of the outrageous statistics on sexual assault and rape in this country, I felt like no matter how hard of a subject it is, it needs to be talked about the stigma around being a victim of sexual assault and rape. Um, we need to lift that stigma and so that more people, um, women and men that have been sexually assaulted, can come forward and report being raped and hopefully getting perpetrators put behind bars. Um, I will go ahead and say that again, this is about sexual assault. So if that's something that triggers you, I suggest you turn, uh, turn this podcast off. Please don't listen to it if it's going to be something that bothers you. Um, I don't want to trigger anyone into a, you know, a bad place. Um, So now that that's said, um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that, um, I did something this week that was kind of big for me. I actually confronted the guy that drugged and raped me 23 years ago. I was 18 years old. It was the brother of a friend. Um, I thought I was going to hang out and, um, you know, get in a hot tub and, and hang out and have fun. And, um, at that point in my life, I wasn't a big drinker. I wasn't a big partier. I did not, um, take anything willingly. Um, in fact, I wasn't even a drinker. So before and after this, I have drank before to where I've blacked out. But, um, as I explained to him, the big difference on this night is that, um, I didn't I I didn't drink anything. So when you black out from drinking as some of you may know, um you know, you you drink for hours and you remember the several hours of drinking before everything goes black. Um now if you don't remember, you know, the the drinking if you only have one sip of something and you know a couple of sips of something and then your memory is gone, that means you've been drugged. Um, no one blacks out from a sip or two of alcohol, at least not that I've ever heard of. Um, so basically it took me 23 years to confront this guy. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's really hard because like my mind almost, um, hid the fact that I was drugged and raped, um, for many, many, many years. In fact, it took getting drugged and almost raped again at a bar, um, about seven years ago, it took getting drugged again. And, uh, again, I was almost raped that night. Luckily my friends found me before, um, these gentlemen were able to, to take me out to the parking lot and do whatever it is they were going to do. Um, my friends found me before that. Thank God. Um, the next day i can't even begin to tell you how um i had been hungover before but this was just a different feeling it was a just a i mean i, I literally could not wake up no matter how much i tried um it's just it's a feeling you can't describe um so uh so basically my mind the talking about the actual being drugged and raped from when I was 18 um it's just I don't know how my mind did this or why I mean I guess I know why because you know when you experience trauma sometimes your mind will um try and bury that trauma so that it's not something that you know is something that you think about and and on a regular basis. So it's, it's kind of hard, um, to even fathom that for me, uh, to understand how, again, how my mind like basically completely hid this, the fact that, that this guy did this to me. Um, I had seen this guy several times after, and none of the time seeing him, it never really dawned on me. I could have told you that, Um, I went to his house that night. I could have told you that I got in the hot tub. I could have told you that he handed me a drink. I could have told you that the next thing I remember was waking up on the couch the next morning and having no memory of anything past that point. I was not drinking. I was not doing drugs. Um, there was no reason why I should have been completely blacked out that night. None, none whatsoever. And yet I was, um, So, even knowing the facts of what happened that night, my mind, I guess, just hid the trauma of it and and hid the fact from me that it's almost like it didn't put two and two together. So, I knew the details, but it's like my mind hid the fact that that something bad had happened. So, um, (laughs) this week... Um, and I'll tell you, actually, I've been thinking about confronting this guy for, for years, honestly, since, um, since I realized that that's what happened. Um, so I've been considering confronting him for years. Um, and just recently I watched the documentary about the playboy mansion and the, um, many sexual assaults that have alleged a sexual assaults that have gone on there um and for the entire several days that I was watching this show uh my eye my eyelid was just twitching almost constantly all day even when I wasn't watching it it was just it was like a constant twitch which is you know a way our body um shows it's a sign of stress basically um and so the, you know, my thoughts on, am I going to confront him or not? After that, after seeing what that did to me and the stress and, and the fact that my mind just wouldn't let me push it away anymore. I knew that it was time for me to confront him. Um, obviously after 23 years, I know that, you know, he's not probably going to ever get in trouble unless I happen to find more victims and then maybe, um, he is from a wealthy family. Um, he, like I said, was a brother of a friend of mine. Um, and so when I confronted him, um, I keep going back over our, uh, conversation and at one point in the conversation, and of course he denied it. He never once fessed up and, and I'm sure he probably won't, um, which is sad because that's what I, I wanted and needed was answers and an apology. Um, I wanted, I told him I would forgive you if you just tell me and he still would not tell me. He just kept swearing that he's not that kind of guy and he's a, you know, he's not a monster and if, if that's something that if he drugged and raped someone, then that would make him a monster, and he's not like that. and In fact, the text message that I actually sent him in order to meet up, when he messaged me back and I basically told him, because at first I tried to tell him it was a business meeting that I wanted to talk business with him, and um, he ended up standing me up for what was supposed to be a business meeting. <laughs> and so he stood me up. And I know he knew exactly what was going on. Um, He stood me up the morning we were supposed to meet and again asked me, you know, what is this about when I tried to reschedule? And finally, I just had to come out and tell him, you raped me, you drugged me, you raped me, and I, I want to talk about it. And of course, you know, it was just shock. What are you talking about? I would never do that. I'm at the homeless shelter volunteering right now. Um, and, and when we met, um, basically, you know, he was telling me all these things that make him such a good person and he could never do that to someone. He could never. And he said that he told his sister, he said, he told his fiance that he was coming to meet me. And he was so upset that he was crying the day before, just trying to figure out why someone would say this about him. And, as he's sitting there, we sat there together for 40 minutes and talked, and he didn't show a stitch of emotion, not even a little bit. I'm sitting there bawling and crying and begging him to give me answers, to give me something, and he sat there stone. Cold, all he would say is, I can see you're in distress. I can see you're in distress. I thought I was going to be really upset at this meeting because I thought that you were, you know, going to come at me and try and come after money because he does have money. And so he thought that after 23 years, I was coming to him to basically extort money or something. I don't know. Um, and when I made it very clear, that's not what I'm after. I'm not after your money. Um, he still wouldn't admit it. Um, and again, no, showed no emotion, none, just stone cold, no emotion. So for someone who was crying and praying, as he said, and, you know, saying all this stuff that he said to his sister and his fiance, he showed no emotion. And if you've got someone who's literally crying, just begging you for answers, and you're so bothered by it, then how do you literally show no emotion at the time? If you were so upset about it the night before, you cried and all this other stuff, how is it that you're literally showing me nothing now? Like, not a stitch of emotion, nothing. So, not only did he not show any emotion, um, he just he kept saying the same things over and over again and any time i asked him questions well first off before i even started i asked him what he remembered about me um and he said he remembered partying and getting in the hot tub now um like I said, he came from a wealthy family, he had a big family, and his family traveled a lot together, they, um, went on, on long trips together, and so they were a big family, and you, the couple times I had been to their house before this time, there was a lot of people at the house. Now, this time, um, I had actually run into him at the tattoo studio where my brother was working, and I asked him, he was standing out in the rain, and I asked him if he needed a ride home, and he got in my car, and please don't ever do that, ladies, please don't ever, I don't care how cute you think a guy is, don't ever offer them a ride home. Um, If I had not offered him a ride home that night, this might not have ever happened to me, because um, while I knew him and I knew his family, we had no way of connecting. This was way before social media. This was way before it will not way before. I think I got a cell phone about six months later, but, um, this was in the year 2000. So, you know, cell phones were not what they were. Um, so I ran into him outside of this tattoo studio, offered him a ride as we're, as I'm taking him home, we realized that we know each other. Um, And so we exchanged numbers that night, and a few days later is when he called and asked me if I wanted to come over and hang out, and I said yes. He said, my family's out of town, and so I said, sure, yeah, I'll come over. Um, Didn't think that I had any reason to be afraid of him or any reason to think that he would do anything like this. He was a very good-looking guy from a wealthy family, and he could basically get any girl he wanted. So in my mind, I wasn't thinking, well, you know, I should be afraid of this guy. Um and for a long long time, you know, for for the years that I've been trying to figure this out, I kept thinking he can get any girl he wants. I'm sure he had no problem. In fact, I've talked to people. I know he had no problem getting women and I'm sure getting women to do whatever he wanted. So it took me a really long time before it finally clicked. Um it rape is not about sex. It's not about sex. It's about power and about control. And so that's why it took me so long to figure out, well why why did he do this to me? I mean, I you know, I was coming over there. I'm not saying I definitely would have had sex with him, but I might have. Um and you know, it took me a long time to realize that it's because it's not about sex. Okay. Rape is not about sex. It's about power. Um, so it took a long time for that to, you know, actually get into my mind and realize that, that it had, you know, the, the sex that had nothing to do with it. Um, now I do want to say, what i did by confronting him um it it could have put me in danger i don't think it did my boyfriend came with me he was not sitting with us but he stayed out in the parking lot but um you know i, I don't know what this guy is capable of i know it's one thing he's capable of so i am not Telling anyone out there, if you are a victim of sexual assault, if you have been raped, um, if you never went to the police, if you have been sitting on it for years and it's been, you know, in your head and I, I am not encouraging anybody to confront their rapist. If you know who your rapist is, I this is not an encouragement to do what I did because what I did could be very dangerous for me. Um, if this guy really thought that I was going to come after him in a hardcore way, he could pay somebody to, to kill me. And I know that it can be dangerous. So I definitely am not going to say anything to my listeners that this is something that you should do. Um, now, am I saying that you shouldn't? I don't know. It's not... You know, that's a personal decision that everyone has to make. But I will beg of my listeners, those of you that have not been sexually assaulted, please don't ever put yourself in a position to where it you will make it easy on somebody. Now, this is in no way saying that if you do, that you deserve it. You do not deserve to be raped. You do not deserve to be sexually assaulted. There are some like super frightening statistics when it comes to rape, the numbers, the fact that it's hardly ever reported. Super frightening statistics. And I don't understand why so many people have the feeling that it's their fault that they put themselves in that position so they deserved it. And in fact, if you are one of the people that says that kind of thing, that someone deserved to get sexually assaulted or deserved to get raped, you're an asshole, flat out, and you are part of the problem. Nobody deserves to get raped, woman or man, and yes, men do get raped also. The majority of rape victims are women, But that doesn't mean it doesn't happen to men also. But the fact is is that no one is allowed to take anything from you unless you are willingly giving it. That means no form of sexual contact unless you are sober and alert and able to give permission for that person to do that. If you don't get permission, it's a violation, period. I don't care if you started to make out and you decide you don't want to take it to the next level. I don't care how much that sucks for him or her. You are allowed to say no. It's just that simple. When you say no, it means no, leave it alone. It doesn't mean, oh, well, I'm going to try harder or, oh, maybe if I say this or do this, maybe she'll give in and say yes. If someone says no, you stop. It's that simple. No means no. No means no violation, no penetration, nothing. When I say no, that means no. Now, again... Most rape is not about sex. It's about power. So, and especially someone who is going to drug somebody and rape them. Like, you are, that victim is now powerless. They are now powerless. They can't say yes or no. Um, and that, uh, that's just, it's so sick to think that someone Would want to do that to another human being. I have never in my life wanted to hurt somebody, intentionally wanted to hurt them. And so it's hard for me to even fathom that somebody could have a mindset that makes them do that. I I can't understand it. My brain will never work that way. Um, unfortunately, it is so common, and I'm going to read a couple of statistics that I uh, found um, before doing this episode, and I'm going to read those now, so... Uh, I found a couple of different statistics on this one. One study said one in five women in U.S. experienced completed or attempted rape during their lifetime. Another study said one in six. Either way, that is a super high number. That is a lot of women. And when it comes to men, it's one in 33 men will experience completed or attempted rape during their lifetime. About 51% of female victims of rape report being raped by an intimate partner and 40 percent by an acquaintance, by an acquaintance, which was my experience. Uh, Only about 19 percent of rapes are reported annually. 19 percent. That means that 81 percent of rapes annually do not get reported uh approximately 70 women commit suicide every day in the US following an act of sexual violence that's scary um i can't i guess i can't imagine um getting that low um to where i would kill myself over it i've got a teenage daughter I've got a mom and dad that love me. I've got a boyfriend that loves me. And um, I've got friends that love me. And so I can't imagine ever getting low enough um, to where I would take my life. Um, But it's very common. And I want to say to any listener out there, if you are um, contemplating suicide please don't. Please don't. Please call and get help. Call a friend. Tell a friend what you're thinking about. Um, I have known several people that have committed suicide for one reason or another, and it is an awful thing to experience. It's an awful thing to see families of people who have taken their own lives. The, the just The questions and the, you know, what could I have done Is there anything I could have done that could have changed it? Um, Just so many things that uh, just, it makes it just so tragic. So please, please, please reach out. If you are considering suicide, if you are having a hard time because you were sexually assaulted or you were raped, please reach out to a therapist, to a counselor, to a friend, to anybody and tell them, I'm struggling and I need help. Please don't be one of those 70 women that commit suicide after being sexually assaulted. 70 women every day in the U.S. 70 women. That's... It's just absolute insanity and it's so sad and it's tragic and it it needs to stop. The environment of sexual assault and rape in this country has got to stop. It has to. We as women or men, we as victims have got to stand up and say, enough is enough. We've got to stand up and report it. When it happens, do not go home and take a shower. Do not bury your head in the sand like I did. Do not let your mind push away that trauma. Go to the hospital, go to the police, get a rape kit done. Put these perpetrators behind bars I cannot say that that will be an easy road for anybody. It will not. I have seen it be a hard road for people, and especially with horrible people that try and blame victims. That's just the most disgusting thing. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what you believe. If you are a human that believes that anyone deserves to be violated in any kind of way or sexually assaulted in any way. I don't care what they were wearing. I don't care where they were at, what position they put themselves in, in your mind. It is not okay to be raped and it is not okay to blame the victim. It is not the victim's fault, no matter what. So women and men out there, if you've been sexually assaulted, please, please, please go to the hospital, go to the police Get these perpetrators put behind bars because here's the thing, and this is something I will have to consider. Did this guy go and rape another 50 women after doing that to me? I will never know, but I know that someone probably doesn't acquire date rape drugs just for one woman, you know, to rape one person one time. So I have to assume that my rapist did this to other women. I am not the only victim out there. I know I'm not. Um, and no matter how many times he tried to tell me the other day that he would never do that, um, the more he talked, the more I realized that he did this, he did this to me and he's not a very good liar. Um, he's definitely was not convincing in any way to get me to change my mind. Um, in fact, he really, especially after I was out of the situation, once I was able to look back on the whole conversation, uh, once I was able to look back, I just thought, man, he is, he is, he's a rapist. (laughs) He is a rapist. He raped me. And I guarantee there are more women out there that he raped. Uh, so, you know, please, I'm begging you. If you've been sexually assaulted, please go to the hospital. Please go to the police. Turn these pieces of shit in. Get them put behind bars. That's where they belong because they will do it again. Sexual predators, it's the recidivism rate. Even if they do go to prison, it's very likely that when they get out, they will continue um, to rape and, and sexually assault people but I'm telling you this I mean this has got to stop the prevalence of sexual assault and rape has got to stop it's just mind-boggling another uh, statistic I found for every 1,000 rapes in the U.S. 995 perpetrators will go unpunished out of a thousand rapes 995 perpetrators will go unpunished punished. And an American is sexually assaulted every 93 seconds. So <laughs> I mean, that's it, just these statistics are just they're sickening and as hard as it has been for me um I knew that it's something that I had to talk about and if more women would come out and talk about it then maybe these we could get these statistics to change maybe if more rapes are reported maybe we can you know put these assholes behind bars so that they don't continue to be predators and prey on weak, unsuspecting victims. Um I think that the worst age ranges was like eleven to 18, eighteen, eleven to seventeen or whatever. I was eighteen when it happened to me. Um and I and I think that, you know, rapists know um they can sense or know When they have a vulnerable victim and when they have someone that is probably not going to come forward. Unfortunately, like I said, my mind didn't let me put it together. If he did it today, I would 100% go straight to the hospital and get a rape kit and get him put behind bars. I'm 41. He did it when I was 18. I don't know why I didn't go to the hospital that day, that morning. I don't know. I wish I had, um, I do want him to pay for this rape. I do. Um, and I don't think that I am done in my confrontation. Um, I think that I've got to confront him with, with the conversation we had last time and tell him, like, you were not convincing. You did not convince me. You telling me that you remembered us partying and getting in the hot tub. Well, how is two adult people sitting in a hot tub, not drinking, not doing drugs? How is that partying? I don't consider that partying. It was what I thought it was, was a date. And, um, so, you know, that's not partying, and in fact, when I brought up the fact that a few days before, you know, I I saw him at the tattoo studio and, and took him home, he seemed to not even remember that, which, if that, again, if that hadn't happened, I would have never ended up over there, um, but, it, you know, the details, It's it's crazy how vivid the details are for me up until my memory just goes blank. And, you know, I tried to tell him there that doesn't happen. You don't just all of a sudden lose your memory for no reason. Again, you know, if I had been throwing back shots or, you know, taking drugs of some sort, then maybe, but I was doing none of that that night. I didn't even smoke weed that night, nothing. And Yet, I lost my memory, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up on the couch. Just, that's just, that it doesn't happen. So, uh, while I am glad that I confronted him, and I do plan on confronting him again, I am definitely not saying that that's something that every sexual assault victim should do. If you do know who raped you, it is a personal decision on whether you are going to confront that person or go to the cops and and get them put behind bars. Um, Where I live, and I'm not sure what other states are like, but where I live, uh, there is no statute of limitations on felonies, which sexual assault is a felony. So I could call the police, then I could get him arrested. Um, Now, do I think that I could win a case in court after 23 years with no evidence, just my word against his? No, probably not. Um, But I definitely do think that he needs to pay for his crime. Um, So, you know, Again, this was a personal decision for me. I'm not saying that everyone who's been sexually assaulted, if you know who your rapist is, that you should confront them that can put you in a dangerous situation, and I don't wanna put anyone in a dangerous situation. It's a personal choice that you're gonna to have to make and outweigh you know the the pros and cons. Um, like I said, I knew the stress that it was bringing me. I knew that I had to confront this person. So uh, as hard as it was, I did it. And um, and I don't regret doing it. Um, and I just, it's it's something I knew I needed to do. But again, that's a personal choice for each victim. And it's something that you have to figure out are you putting yourself in danger by doing this? And any time that you confront, you know, a criminal, which is what he is, then you run the risk of, you know, something bad happening um, again. So keep that in mind. And um, I hope that hearing this podcast, hearing this episode, if it even helps just one woman, maybe come forward after they're raped or maybe, you know, someone thinks twice about going and, and meeting someone, you know, at their house and letting them make you a drink. Um, I hate to say it, but just you don't be so trusting. Don't be trusting. Like I was, um, I trusted this person I shouldn't have. And now, um, You know, I'm living with the consequences of of that decision. I didn't deserve to get raped. I didn't deserve any of this. But it happened. And so now I'm having to deal with it. I'm having to relive it. And um, it sucks and it's hard. But it was important for me to confront him and tell him, I know what you did. And and that's that. So um, hopefully something that i'm saying here today can help somebody if i like i said if i heal, help even just one person either come forward after they've been assaulted or make you think twice about letting someone get you and also the second situation i was in you know i had a guy flirting with me at a bar he went and bought me a drink um and then the next thing i know my friends are are you know basically getting me out of a really bad situation that I was about to be in again. Um like I said luckily my friends found me um before anything happened so that time. So don't let some stranger or anybody buy you a drink at a bar. If you want them to buy you a drink, make sure that you get it specifically from the bartender and you have not let it out of your sight. That is so important because date rape and, and people getting drugged is super common. Um, unfortunately it's very common and I didn't know how common it was, but It is common. So please just be vigilant and be aware. If you go out, please make sure you go out with friends that you can trust, someone that will stay sober enough to, you know, keep an eye on you if you choose to drink. Um, I'm not saying not to go out and have a good time. I'm not saying not to live your life. But just be aware when you are in situations that can put you in danger, be aware, make sure you've got friends to help you, um, and just be aware. And if something does happen, please come forward. Please do not be one of the 70 women that's going to commit suicide just today following an act of sexual assault. Please do not be that woman. Please do not be one of the Americans that is going to be sexually assaulted every 93 seconds. Don't be that victim. And if you are that victim, for the love of God, go to the hospital right afterwards. Go to the police right afterwards and put your perpetrator in jail. I'm begging you. If I could go back in time and put him in jail, and get him to pay for this crime, I would, in a heartbeat. I would go through whatever trial it took, whatever people say about me, and how stupid I was that I went over there, and how stupid I was that I got in the hot tub. I don't care how stupid I was. I don't care how stupid that makes me sound, or whatever. I'm not stupid. I put myself in a situation I shouldn't have. I trusted a person I shouldn't have. I hope that something I say today makes a difference for at least one person. And if it does, that's amazing. Um, if you have been a victim of sexual assault and you need to talk to somebody, please reach out to somebody, a friend, a counselor, a therapist, a psychiatrist, somebody. If you are having emotional problems from trauma that has happened to you, please get help. Please do not kill yourself. That is never the answer. Um, If you want to email me and tell me about your situation or anything, um, the email is touche81 at gmail.com. That's T-O-O-S-H-E-A 81 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that you've learned something from this podcast episode, and I hope to God that it helps at least one person. Much love. Till my next episode.